Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Markets show. I'm Stephen Wilmot, Companies Editor, standing in for our usual presenter, John Human, who's busy moving house as we speak. This week's cover feature focuses on what has to be the biggest story to have hit the world of personal finance for years, pensions freedom. The fact that people with SIPs and other personal pensions no longer need to buy an annuity with their tax-free savings. But before we look at that, I'd like to welcome digital editor Graham Davies to discuss what's been happening on the market this week. Hello, Graham. Hello, Stephen. So last week, the FTSE finished um, above 7,000 at an all-time high, mm. um, which was, uh, you know, the, the FT used as its lead in FT weekend. Didn't every, every newspaper And, and indeed, every, indeed every newspaper. We um, didn't, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go in for hyperbole, do we? Exactly. And, and we, that was because last week, nothing to do with the budget, but all to do with the Fed's dovish comments. Mm. Um in last Wednesday's meeting, but but this week's been a bit different. Actually, the the the, the index is off quite str- strongly today. It is today, yeah. I mean, it started the week pretty strongly. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. it's kept ticking up, and everyone's saying, "Oh, it's holding above seven thousand. You know, this looks this looks promising. Is this the new baseline?" And then um, uh, you know there was signs from Europe that things were looking a bit better there. And then overnight, we got news that Saudi Arabia has been sending bombs into Yemen to try and sort out a, a localised issue there, which could become much bigger. And then the market's taken taken flight today, really, off um, uh, down off over a percent. Uh, so it's it's more this, uh, the, you know, the, the, the oil price has obviously risen sharply, yeah. which is interesting that that's been the catalyst more than the Eurozone issues, which have also sort of started featuring in the, the broadsheet newspapers a bit more than the they had been yeah i think the the oil price has really leapt up and i think it's it's that localized issue in the arabian peninsula could become a global issue because it, it's this the oil price is so sensitive to events in saudi and and, and, mm. and in that in that general area uh, but as you say i mean europe there, there was signs earlier this week that confidence is growing in europe and purchasing managers index beat expectations so it looks like the sort of the, the, the eurozone economic recovery might just be taking hold mm, um, justifying the Amazing increase in share prices we've seen in the, yes, exactly. in the first quarter. Uh, and, and, and confidence is coming back. We, we did our chart of the week this week on the German IFO survey of, of business confidence, which is quite influential in Germany. And it looks like German businessmen are uh, becoming confident once again that, uh, that maybe re- recovery on its way. But as Daniel Liberto has pointed out in our new spotlight this week, the, the Greek issue... Is unresolved. It's unresolved. <laughs> still unresolved. We promised weeks ago we were going to stop talking about Greece, but we can't ignore it forever. Um, and I don't think Europe is going to be able to ignore it forever. Talks have gone on. I think the, the Greek Prime Minister has promised to, to deliver some more detail on reforms by Monday. So it's not going away, Stephen. Mm. <laughs> and neither is Warren Buffett, so it seems. No, yeah, that was another interesting news uh, piece uh, which sort of emerged yesterday. Uh, Warren Buffett and his uh, partners at, at 3G Capital, Brazilian um, Brazilian investors, in fact, uh, interestingly, um, they own Heinz, the maker of the ketchup, which wants to buy Kraft, the maker of the cheese slices. Uh, it's an interesting combination. I've never had a Kraft cheese slice and ketchup sandwich myself before, but uh, but no, this is this this could create a huge, globally significant food business, about worth about a hundred billion dollars. Shows the enduring appeal of consumer staples as well mm. as a hedge against uncertain times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Warren Buffett again, you know, he buys, he likes to buy brands, mm. and this is you know, Kraft is a is is a big brand. So uh, it's an interesting uh, 
interesting deal, which I think w- would make the fifth biggest uh, food and beverage business in the world if it comes off. And there's uh, at the moment there's little sign that it wouldn't come off. So um, we'll wait and see on that one. I think. One of the other big uh, news stories of the week was, of course, zero inflation. Mm. Um, in the UK. In the UK, yes. yes. Indeed. Long expected. Um, but. Uh, but and, and, and it arrived in February and, uh, and, and, and may go further. It was welcomed by the politicians. George Osborne said it was a good thing for families, uh, more money in the pocket. And in fact, there was evidence that, that, that it has been a, a positive rather than negative um, mm. on the high street. It wasn't there today in today's um, retail spending figures yes interesting um, up um, 7% sorry 7% Ooh, I wish yeah <laughs> <laughs> well almost on a year indeed year on year was was it 5 point um, something year retail year? sales yeah 5.1% uh, up year on year in February um, but month to month from January to February they were at 0.7% so mm. people it looks like people that, that extra money in people's pockets from um, the, the, the the lower petrol price and and the effect of of, of Retail price inflation pretty much disappearing is encouraging people to uh, to get out there and spend some money. This seems a good time to introduce Julia Bradshaw, our retail writer, to the picture. Hello. Oh, hello, Julia. Um, now, we've had quite a few re- uh, results from retailers this week. Um, are we seeing this positive picture emerge the, the 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 fact that we've got real wage growth again in the uk is that is that it's, in evidence in retail's results it's a bit of a mixed picture because um yes the, hypothetically speaking it is good news that wages are now re- rising in real terms they're more looking forward than looking back yeah, I guess. Like, exactly yeah. um but uh, for instance when i covered next results last week um i spoke to to management and they said yes this this is great this is a great macroeconomic trend but has it filtered down into the high street into people's pockets to spend on discretionary items such as clothing no not yet we're not seeing that mm-hmm. so it, i mean it might be that there's a time lag um, or it might be that people are just still quite savvy they're still slightly recession hit and they're choosing not to sort of go out and splurge or maybe they just want to spend their money on other stuff maybe they're prioritizing things like home improvements rather than clothes so i think there's we're also going to see kind of a um uh difference between how um, each sort of subsector within the retail sector does. Maybe the sort of home improvement tops tiles of the world may be doing a little bit better than the clothing retailers. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, I speaking mean, of top tiles, I was going to say, did we work out why top shares fell quite sharply yesterday? We though? didn't know. No. We didn't. It was a mystery because mm. the results were good. Current yep. trading was, was fine. So all I can... All I can say what, is one, perhaps it was profit-taking. Yeah. Mm. One analyst's note I looked at suggested that it was management's very cautious guidance about the the UK election we discussed this this morning we did yes they they, I mean they did say of course uh, there could be some volatility because of the political changes that might be coming but then again everyone's saying that every single management team in their forward guidance has said oh by the way there might be some political risk but I mean, that's. It seems so unlikely to hit the the retail the retail sector. sector. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, as we were discussing, possibly if if we get a change in government and they put up corporation tax, or if they change um, national insurance contributions, that sort of thing. Yes, maybe that will have an effect on the bottom line. But that's that's very sort of into the future. Mm-hmm. They've all they've all this week promised that they're not going to increase out, VAT. Indeed, yeah, that's one. Indeed, one they thing have. Will, will indeed, help. they have. And Ted Baker also had um, Baker very had, good results. Ted Baker had really solid results. And uh, Ted Baker is one of our tips. Uh, it's a very expensive stock, but 
we advise buying on quality because it is a very well-run business, very conservatively run, um, that has a, a good brand and a sort of solid but slow growth story. And it just keeps uh, reporting very good sales growth. But interestingly, that's not really the, the cyclical UK consumer story, is it? It's, 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 it's more a stead, you know, quality, steady it, it is, and and I wouldn't say the the stuff you buy at Ted Baker isn't exactly high street. Somewhere in between high street and luxury, it's, it's more expensive. Yeah, how in that do market. they pitch themselves? They're not luxury. They're well, they're technically personal good, aren't they? They're um, ah, okay. They're more up there with Burberry, but and they make a certain amount with licensing, Burberry. don't they? Rather than they do. They only retail. have a, they don't have that many stores actually. They're very cautious about how they open stores and where they open stores, and each store is very much a destination. So mm. they're very different than the normal high street retailers. Of course, there's another way to play the uh, UK consumer story, and and that's through the the lenders, the niche lenders. Um, we've talked at length about the the main high street banks before, but um, this week we we saw a number of results come out from the smaller lenders, um, people like SNU, Secure Trust, um, and um, this is, I suppose, a good point at which to uh, reintroduce Ian Smith, um, who uh, joined us a couple of weeks back and um, has been looking at these companies. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, following on from Julia's comments, I suppose if people aren't splurging their free cash on clothes, perhaps what they're doing is splurging them uh, that money on a, a new set of wheels. And we definitely saw um, SNU this week, which is also a, a buy tip, uh, doing really well as a result of people uh, taking out credit on a, on a car. Um, so... Yeah, that's definitely one side of this kind of improving uh, wage growth, improving employment, feeding through to uh, good results for the lenders. Um, and Secure Trust as well has a motor finance business that's done very well. Um, and they've also done very well in retail finance. So mm-hmm. um, unsecured lending uh, to fund shopping sprees for people. So there is some of that feeding through. And yeah, the niche lenders are really benefiting. We had figures this week that we pointed out in, in the seven days section about the the, the level of um, household debt in the UK um, it reached an all time high um, at the end of 2014, 239 billion pounds, or almost 9,000 pound per household. Yeah, Waterhouse Coopers said that that that's likely to be more like 10,000 by next year. So signs that the the the, the niche lenders are, are going to have a, a good conditions. You know, yeah. for a long period. And we've yeah. got both. Well, we've got SNU on a buy, and interestingly, we don't have Secure Trust on a buy. And I mean, that's for a quite interesting reason. It's because our Buffnot Bank owns fifty-two percent. Um, yeah, right. Go, go, go on, Ian. Yeah, so Buffnot owns fifty-two percent of Secure Trust. But I mean, we just think Secure Trust shares. Um, kind of you know 18 times forward earnings i mean the, the market value of secure trust is 546 million uh, pounds which is you know more than twice as much as the market value of Abuthnot, which owns 52 percent of secure trust so work that puzzle out mm. um yeah no, so we yeah so we the, think about the, va- the value way yeah. of playing uh, the growth that secure trust is through Abuthnot. Yeah. exactly right that's um, something simon thompson has written about at length in in the magazine it's one of his favorites Abuthnot, for exactly that value yeah. reason and they've also, both not, I mean, on the other side of their business are smaller, um, but they have had uh, stronger growth in assets under management within its wealth management business too. Um, but yeah, primarily it's a play on secure trust. Mm. And since you're there, Ian, um, let's move back to the cover feature, Pensions Freedom, because um, Ian also writes about the life insurers. And obviously they, you know, if ever there was a, an example of how politics can affect stocks, it was... A year ago, wasn't it, when um, they, they fell almost to half 
after the budget. Sorry, that was some of the specialist lenders, but the the, the more mainstream life insurers have, uh, have performed much better uh, and have been suddenly making a recovery. And uh, anyway, the, the, you've been looking at the reasons for that, haven't you, Ian? Yeah, so I mean, uh, the, the story is last uh, year's budget, as you say, had a big effect on um, especially the specialist annuity providers, but also the mainstream providers. Which is providers. partnership assurance. Yeah, partnership um, and just retirement. And just retirement, yeah. um, But this year's budget, the big um, question running up to it, we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, uh, was uh, the, whether or not people would be able to trade in their annuities. Potentially a very bad thing for life insurers. But I think as you discussed last week, um, the way this was actually played in the budget, the original provider is going to have to sign off on any deal And the original contract on the annuity is not going to be broken. What this amounts to is that it's kind of business as usual for life insurers. Um, Last year's budget had a much bigger effect, and we saw that in the uh, results season, uh, the decline in individual annuity sales. But my piece this week is really talking about the other areas of life insurers' business, which which are a bit more than making up for the losses in individual annuities. So uh, uh, life insurers that have a big asset management arm, like Standard Life Investments, or have um, other kind of drawdown products or are moving into equity release like LNG um, so all of these different areas of their business will have good international um, operations as like well Prudential, like yeah. Prudential which is one of our buy tips Life Assure is built to last with the headline we put on it and we think these uh, companies are more than able to evolve uh, with the times I think it was kind of a little bit of blessed relief for Life Assurers this time around at the budget <laughs> and Julia has also looked at a, a, a slightly more a slightly more fun angle on this whole pensions freedom business which is that um actually the release of these cash pots effectively could fund the purchase of consumer goods benefiting some companies yes indeed i have i've spoken to a few companies and while most of them aren't really including in their forecasts any kind of massive tailwind from these pension freedoms a lot of them anecdotally are saying yes i mean it is a it is a it is a potential that you know given that maybe a retired couple can take out a few grand maybe they'll choose now to spend that on a new car not a lamborghini perhaps but you know a more efficient sort of economical car for themselves or um double glazing even so inch cape would be a Inchcape, Lookers, um, Pendragon, Virtue Motors, those those kinds of companies. Um, I covered Safe safe Styles results uh, today and I spoke to the management team and they very much said that they believe that they might get more business. Safe Style is a They do double double glazing glazing, and they're moving into conservatories as well, which is interesting. Absolutely, your your retirement dream. Exactly. Well, you know, you don't want those drafts coming through, so better get that double glazing in. Uh, And holidays as well cruises for instance carnival carnival or even saga um which is an insurance provider for the over 50s and does cruises as well so that's a potential um so yeah there are a few i mean is there going to be a massive massive boost in consumer spending probably not but you know it it can't hurt one would hope not (laughs) no what it can't hurt basically is is what um is what a lot of uh, sort of retail retailers are telling me at the moment um but the other thing i wanted to add as well going back to graham's uh point about uh credit and and how 
uh, unsecured credit is rising. Um, that's quite interesting for retailers such as SCS and DFS who recently listed, and indeed a company like SafeStyle. These are the sofa guys. Yeah, because a lot of their business, most of their business is through credit, is sold on credit. And when credit is free and flowing, people are able to spend money. So that's something else to bear in mind. So all those pensioners will be sitting on a nice new sofa in their conservatory in, in months to come then. Oh, that's right. Hopefully reading the Investors Chronicle. With a new Vauxhall Corsa parked outside. I wonder, I, I wonder, I mean, whether there will be any impact of people um, taking that pensions lump sum on these kind of niche lenders that I'm looking at. You know, will it encourage people to spend a bit of that money on a car? Will that actually... Reduce the demand. Yeah, would it reduce the demand for credit post-April? It might be something to keep an eye on. But at the same time, it might be a little lump sum towards um, kind of taking out online on a car. So, yeah, time will tell. Well, um, lots to think about, and there's plenty more in this week's issue. An interesting piece on the Falklands, where things are hotting up again, from Mark Robinson. Yeah, I think we get first, um, by, by sometime around Easter weekend, we're going to get the drilling results from the, uh, I wonder if the name Zebedee Well out there. Who knows whether that will bounce. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> of course, much of the cover feature this week has been written by our personal finance team, which have their own podcast, so do have a listen to that to keep up to speed on how exactly you should be using your pension pot rather than buying an annuity or perhaps you should be buying an annuity that is that is the question obviously we've explored the company's angle but they explore the you know the the the, the choice that you have to make so um lots to digest um in one of the most important decisions that people make um for their retirement and next week uh, we look forward to writing about and indeed speaking on this podcast about the effect of politics on shares and we mentioned the life insurers but um uh, will the general election have a impact on on the stock markets? I mean, everyone expects it to, but the question, I guess, is how exactly? And um, at the moment, stocks are obviously serenely gliding upwards, um, apart from tiles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, apart from tiles, but uh, yes, well, there may be other things there. But anyway, yeah, that that will be the focus of uh, the, the cover feature next week. So look out for that. Um, another key question for your investment portfolio. That's all from us.